welcome m456 podcast you joined in the conversation if you've been listening to our podcast lately uh, i just hit record as we're talking and uh, we do this often and uh, and then people jump in the middle we had a we had a text last time it's like oh man you guys didn't introduce and he's like then he's like never mind that was awesome so here we are guys we uh are loving it we're 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 talking about elijah again we're talking about if i don't know if you guys listen to the fear of the lord podcast but uh that's just been very real in our lives uh, we're on this incredible faith journey um with index coin with uh with a green energy company that god's kind of put in my dad and my lap and our and my oldest son and um and we're just trying to steward journeyman well and ministry and what we're doing. So Johnny, come on, talk to me. What were you saying about what God's been speaking to you lately on Elijah again? Well, it's, you know, one of the things that we learn as we age in this, this, this journey with Jesus, right. Is we it learn to hear at, at some people like to say deeper level levels, but I, I say like more enriched levels, you know, like the, the richness of our conversation with Jesus gets better over time. Right. You know, in First in John, he, he talks about, at the end of the chapter one, he talks about fathers, and then he, he talks about children, fathers, and young men. And he encouraged, the, and he, he's, he's laying out a blueprint of the value of each set of those, of those people, you know? And it's like fathers are understanding who God is. They're, they're beginning to experience the father of the, of the universe. And so how does that relate to Elijah? Well, Mike, I've been going through this series again with David Foreman, and I've just been listening to this because this is this is what we're doing. We're we're talking about turning hearts of of the fathers back to the children and children back to the fathers. But the Holy Spirit, I'm I'm listening to this, and I think that we're we're missing some aspects of this and why it's not super effective yet. Why it's not super clean. Like we get the concept, right? I need to turn to the generation below me. I need to open my heart. We talk about that all the time. But in the scripture, what we see is Elijah wrestling through this issue of defending God. He's literally wrestling through it. And it's, it's fascinating. And listening to, to, to Dr. Foreman just go through this and break it down. What is actually in the text? You know, Elijah shows up. You've heard me say it. Elijah shows up. He speaks. And then God begins to speak to Elijah. So we have the God sandwich right at the beginning. We have Jericho being rebuilt. Ahab commissions it. And it costs the firstborn and the lastborn of the guy he commissions. Then Elijah shows up from Gilgat, Gilad, you know, the Tishbite, and says, hey, I'm, it's not going to rain except at my word. And then God speaks to him and goes and hides him. The backdrop for this whole story is Noah. You know, everything in the Bible has a backdrop. You know, when we, when we talk about man and woman, we go back to Adam and Eve. But then Adam and Eve is a commentary on Noah. Noah and Adam and Eve are commentaries on Abraham. Like scripture has a great nuance to it. The, the, the way the Holy Spirit, you know, what we're learning with Bema, the Holy Spirit does a great job of bringing back what is already there. Absolutely. How does just, Good way to say yeah. it, nuance. Yeah. The mm -hmm. flow of the old text flowing into the, the new covenant and then us having to go back and understand the old and why it's in the text, why it's there. And why Jesus was saying what he was saying. Really interesting, you know. I'm I'm going through this training right now. I hope you guys have gone and looked at it. It's on our journeyman community. Uh, Ted Hansen does the end of the old covenant, and uh, 
you know, today he's in Matthew 24, which I love because he he goes into to Josephus Josephus book on war, right? Ooh. Which was left out of the scripture, and all those scriptures were burned up. All that, all the documentation of that time, except for Josephus. Josephus, sorry, you don't don't say that very well. Uh, but it's it's just fascinating of how much we've misunderstood scripture uh, because we don't understand the old the old covenant. We don't understand the, the text, right? And, I, and I'll let you keep going. Uh, and and Ted teaches, you know, there really isn't. There, there's more books in the old covenant than what we we say because the gospels were still old covenant that wasn't the 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 new covenant had not come yet until acts 2 right and we've talked about this a little bit but that incarnation that that colossian scripture that thing that the christ in me mm. the hope of glory is mm. the new covenant christ mm. in us bringing heaven to earth that that the good news is a king and he has a kingdom, not about going to heaven one day, right? And so when we can get into that kind of thing, what you're talking about, what's the app, Alpha? Um, alpha Beta. Alpha Beta, guys, you got to go get that app for this Dr. Foreman stuff. So so keep going, keep going. I want to hear this. Well, and it's it's incredible. Um, and you're right. You know, my heart. You know, I can feel my heart. I felt that in Acts two. You know, one of the biggest verses in my life is in Acts 2, verse 30, where Peter gets up and he addresses when we were in this moment, Holy Spirit's moving, they're you know, speaking in tongues, all the languages are praising God. So it's interesting, praise God in the old covenant, praise God in the new covenant. That doesn't change. Right. Um, <clears throat> which obviously, but that's the first deal is praise and worship of God in this room. And then Peter steps on the stage and he talks about David, a man who knew in his heart and was a prophet that's what verse 30 is talking about he knew in his heart and he was a prophet and i know in my heart as soon as you said that my heart just said yes and um but back to the text so so we got john the baptist right we got john the baptist in the new testament uh, he comes in uh doing water baptisms and a message of repentance and you know even the pharisees said are you the messiah and he goes no what Right. They were looking at him as possible, you know, a possible Messiah because he's baptizing. He's baptizing. Are you Elijah? Are you a Messiah? Who are you? Yeah, who are you? And he goes, I'm neither. You know, I'm just I'm just here, you know, proclaiming the good news, making the, the path straight for Jesus. But jumping in with Elijah. So we have Elijah sitting there. He, he gets told by the father to go to this this creek. And you have to think in terms of how does the world get destroyed? There's only two ways the world gets destroyed. And we see one of them with Noah, you flood the earth, right? We flood the earth and it drowns everything away. But what's the other way? You take the rain away. It's the two ways that you destroy the earth. And you can look at that as fire. Everything starts to heat up. I mean, summer in Oklahoma, I mean, it's 107 degrees outside. It's yeah. horrible. It's horrible. <laughs> I know, man. It's, it sucks. I'm the Colorado, a... babe. Yeah, let me, let me <laughs> speak to that real quick. Um, and guys, by the way, if you're um, watching this, you can see my but, new studio. Um, Wait. Wait, let me let me have this thought real quick. Um, if you're watching, my wife built me a little new studio for people when I have guests on Zoom. Um, I'll do them here. And then we've got the studio downtown. Uh, you can watch video at patreon.com slash Gary and Lisa Black or on our journeyman community. Uh, make sure you go check that out. Uh, Mandate456.org. Uh, but here's what I wanted to say, John. The Science now is proving, and I've been really diving into this with a scientist buddy of mine, 
that's testing some of our our in the lab some of our product with this green energy stuff but um you know there was a the reason why people lived as long as they lived in the old testament is because there was a glacier like substance around the earth around the whole planet and it was it would protect them from the sun so they weren't being aged by the sun right and and a lot of scientists understand that that's true they understand we're not near as old as what they've all been saying for so long like we're much 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 younger than what they've been saying and and lastly that there's no question that no that the god flooded the earth this glacier broke and literally flooded the whole earth and scientists will will tell you that stronger than they they'll say that there's you know the god or whatever they know that that happened on the planet right and it just backs up scripture over and over science is proving scripture over and over so keep going i just wanted to say that i think that's fascinating it is fascinating i i've been telling my kiddos because we had that discussion about that the ice cracking and breaking because it's it talks about water from above and water from below i mean if you imagine what ice does it comes down in sheets and then melts and then you got the water coming down that's already melted right i mean it it's all went up through the ground and it's the first yeah. time it rained and noah was left behind guys yes. we're all left behind to bring heaven to earth it's a reality not a a moment the second coming you know jesus return is a reality that we get to be a part of every day yes right yeah. and, and as he returns it's because we're already in that reality with him the new covenant wasn't a time it was a reality that happened in acts 2 when holy mm -hmm. spirit came upon us and we mm -hmm. start becoming jesus with skin on on the planet Shock. absolutely come on <laughs> yes exactly that, that yes yes so in my head, I'm, I'm like, all right, Holy Spirit, what am I trying to say here? Because I have a point. There's a point. So there's a lot more to, than what I'm going to say in this deal, because the whole I mean, I'm, I'm in seven hours and I'm halfway through this just this text from Foreman. So I don't want to pretend like I'm, there's going to be holes in what I tell you. You're going to have to get on and do some research. But I want to give you this part. This is what the Holy Spirit hit me with. Um, so Elijah, so I'm in first Kings 17. He says this to Ahab, he says, as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years, except at my word. So then we have this, this moment where he's hidden in the ravine. He's, he's, you know, FBI most wanted in the nation of Israel. Ahab yeah, they can't find him. Can't find him because when God hides you, you let's go to the Noah him. deal. When you're in the ark, you're unfindable. When yeah. you're in the boat, there's nothing else around. So we have this image of water flooding. Now we have image of the, there's no water. There is no rain. And so Elijah is hidden. They cannot find him because God has done this, just like Noah. Yeah. So follow the imagery. So then sometime later, God speaks to him. And, and he, he goes to the widow of, of Zarephath, or whatever her name is. And there's a very interesting exchange here that I've picked up on. And I think this is what the Lord is, is, is going with. She says to Elijah the same thing that Elijah said to Ahab, as surely as the Lord your God lives, I don't have any bread. Yeah. And what they were discussing in the video and what I'm processing through my heart is Elijah shows up at her house. We have this experience, you know, she's coming out, she's getting ready to make the last meal. And she quotes back to Elijah exactly what Elijah used 
said to start this whole thing up of drought. So we're, we're thinking in terms of in four, five, six of the spirit of Elijah turning hearts of the father. So now Elijah's being encountered with a widow and a, and a, and a son. And they're quoting back to him what he said. And what that is entailing is, man of God, if you're showing up to my house, you're bringing this to my house. You're bringing your agenda, what you said would happen to my home. Yeah. This is what she's in turn saying to him. Right, right. So then we have we have it play out. And what happens to the boy? He ends up dying, right? right. Because what is allotted for Noah in the ark, going to Elijah, Elijah, what is allotted to Elijah, God said, I will feed you. Elijah. He didn't say I would feed her or the son. That's not what God said. Going to feed the God's prophet making, first. Yeah, he's feeding the prophet first. And some people take that as rude. Like, why did Elijah ask for food first? Because Elijah knew if he didn't eat all of his food and they ate the rest, that God would have to provide food the next day. Because the word of the Lord was, I will feed you. And excuse me, that's so random. I got a phone call right in the middle of that. But so I will feed you. But what happens? If it's not for the boy and the girl to be in the boat, the woman, it, it it's going to kill them. It's going to take their life because they're not called to the boat. Right. So we sit in this place and I, I see it and I'm not I'm not pointing the finger in judgment. I'm pointing the finger of mercy, even on myself in this. She doesn't change. The boy doesn't change. Elijah doesn't change. Elijah is, well, Elijah is trying to change. He's trying to take the boy and the, and the widow into the boat with them. And, take and him into the new covenant reality, into kingdom yeah, and reality. Yes. Kingdom re reality. But they're figuratively holding on the outside of the boat. Yes. Because it's, it's killing them. And she is distraught. The boy ends up dying because it's not his allotment. And what does Elijah do? He takes him further in. He takes him from the outside of the boat where they're hanging on takes him upstairs where he's sleeping and brings the boy back to life. He takes him into the ark. Well, and, and that is a picture of the nation. Yes. Elijah had to raise the child before he could raise the nation. Yes. Because he had to teach, he had to teach that kingdom principle before he could apply it to the whole nation of Israel. And so I know the guys, this can be a little bit out there. That's why we love, we love this because it makes you have to go study for yourself right yes we it, the eastern way of teaching is is we don't give answers we get we ask more questions and and that's not an excuse because you know we're new to this and we're learning it along with you at the same time and so i'm not trying to make an excuse that hey we're experts you're not go figure this out we're all we're all learning together so uh, i love that but i love that 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 picture that symbol yes. right Everything in the Old Testament was a shadow of the Old Covenant was a shadow for the New Covenant. Oh, Moses yeah. was a shadow for Jesus. Noah was a shadow for Jesus as well, but also Elijah, right? And you've got to be able to tie those together and see how those stories come together. It's one arching story, and we're supposed to trust the story because it's still being right. written, right? Dude, and Dude, bro, in this thing, it hit me like a missile. So, so what is what does the woman do? So that we have a widow, right? And what does yeah. God call us to? The widows, right? We're called to widows and orphans. AOW, baby. But she doesn't respond to Elijah until Elijah brings the boy out of the boat and back to life. So the point that they he's making in this story that God is teaching Elijah 
is yes, you can bring them in and feed them from your table, but that is not enough. Yes, you can take them into this inner room, into the ark, but Elijah, that's not enough. When he brings the child back out of the boat, figuratively speaking, down the stairs, that's the first time the widow goes, now I know that you're a man of truth. Mm. And what does Jesus say? So Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So there's three keys that they talk about in the Old Testament that God never gives away. Now, okay. we have to understand this is rabbinic teaching. So they, they don't believe in Jews, or they don't believe in Jesus. So right. some of them do, right? But so... Well, they believe well, I, in Jesus. They just don't believe he was the gateway. Like he's just yeah, a prophet. The yeah, yeah. Yeah, just the prophet. Just the prophet, right. Right. So in their discussion, God holds three keys. He always holds three keys, right? He holds the keys to birth. He holds the keys to death, and yeah. he holds the keys to water, and he never relinquishes those keys. He never, he never gives those keys away. He holds the power of those three keys. But what we see in the story of Elijah, Elijah the, oh, slow down, slow down. He holds okay. the power of birth, death, and water. Yes, he does not give those keys away to human. To any, yeah, he doesn't give human. them away ever. Okay, ever. keep going. So what we see is we see that Elijah shows up. And, you know, he makes this statement. So theoretically, God lets Elijah lead in this. He gives him the key to, to reign. Theoretically, like basically, I mean, like he doesn't actually get a physical key, you know, follow me here in the spirit. Right. So he gets this key and God is not going to give him multiple keys because he's just a man. He's going to no. take his key back. So we see as Elijah's coming down the stairs, there's a lot here. As Elijah's coming down the stairs, God is literally saying, I'm going to take the key of rain back because this is when he speaks to Elijah about, okay, it's over. I'm going to send rain to the land. But it's not because God is, is, is not wanting to do what he said. It's he's teaching Elijah something powerful that we have missed for forever. The key to this whole scenario, rain, birth, and life is, you know, when we look at Jesus, I am the way, that's birth. I am the truth. That's that is rain. The truth is rain. If it's raining on you, that's truth. Life over death. That's what Jesus. He has those three keys. In him are those three keys. They're sustained in him. They're in him. He gets the power of those things. He trusts the Father and all that. Right. So we're tr we're tracking that. That's finishing that thought. Elijah comes down the stairs. He's beginning to teach him the way the kingdom works is not by signs, miracles, and wonders. Now those are great. Those yeah, he said, "Don't ask for him." A wicked generation asks for him. Yeah, the the kingdom as a whole just doesn't work that way. That's a part work. of it, but it doesn't work that way. Keep going. Yeah, yes. The power of this is when Elijah realizes that he's got to take the kid out of the boat. Life is happening. You yes. got to get out of the boat. So we see with Noah, he sends out the ravens first. Where do we see the ravens with Elijah? They're feeding him. Okay, there's no lamb. Ravens are crazy, right? They're going all over the place. There's more to that, but I'm going to let you dive into that later. And then he starts sending out doves. This is the point of this boy. And technically, the, the rabbis say that this son of this widow is Jonah. That's what he's called. They okay. believe this is I the like prophet that. Jonah. I like that. But what happens with the doves and Noah is he sends out a bird, the dove, and it comes back because it can find no land, right? Then the bird goes out the second time and it comes back with an olive branch, right? right? So we see this, this transpire with Elijah, the olive branch between the widow and Elijah, between her son 
and him going upstairs and bringing the boy back. He's bringing back the olive branch. Life is happening. Wow, I like that. Uh, okay. But the whole point of M456, the whole point of what Gary and I are talking about, the whole point of the spirit of Elijah isn't the signs and the wonders like we were just talking about. It's taking these young men and the old men, get out of the ark. Life is around us. Jesus is all around us. Get yes. out of the boat. Yes. Get out. Quit trying to wait to be rescued somehow and yes. walk and stay in your fear and hoard your money and yes. get out of the boat and be generous and start bringing heaven to earth everywhere you go all day, every day. Right. That's what you're saying. Yes. Yes. Right? The whole point of Peter went walking on the water wasn't about walking on the water. It's because Jesus said, come. And he yes. got out of the boat. It's all tied together. He says, come, be with me, right? And he, and he never says, follow me he, he's in, or worship me. He says, follow me. In the New Testament, Jesus never one time says, worship me, right? Yes. It wasn't about that, although we do worship him because he is God and we fear him and we're in awe. So we worship to align our spirit. But he's, he doesn't need us to do that. He needs us to follow him and follow him into risky and dangerous places. Is the yes. whole point. Right? The whole point. What our children being raped, little six-year-old girls' backs being broken by American men because they're raping them so hard by the tens of th hundreds of thousands. And we sit in our little comfortable spaces and complain about politics and life but we don't go do anything about it. And again, I'm going to say this a thousand times. It's when I was in Thailand in the sewer, mad at God for all the little girls having to service 25 men a day. And I said, God, why are you letting this happen? And he said, no, Gary, why are you letting this happen? Right? That's the whole point of everything that you're saying. Come out of the boat. Come yes. out as that olive branch, that life. The Old Testament was information. The New Covenant, the New Testament is transformation. I'm transformed so that I can transform others. Yes. Right? That's the point of the kingdom. Yes, that's the point. And, and people say, well, where's the power? I'm like, look at the blood. You want power? Look at the blood of Jesus. There is no greater single act of power and authority the earth has ever seen outside of the precious blood of jesus no that's right and, and what do we see with john the baptist there's this incredible verse and i've wrestled with it for a while I've, I've i've gone back and forth over the years you know his disciples immediately go and they hang out with jesus and and john and jesus is like hey what are you doing and they're like hey we're you know you're doing this stuff and we need to follow you and he's like okay come on later on john has a discussion with his disciples and with some other people and they were like hey you know a lot of your disciples are now following him and he makes this statement he goes he must become greater. I must become less. Yes. And for a while, I wrestled with that in my heart. I was like, okay, I, I understand in theory, but God, what about the heart? What about the heart? Well, the point is when Elijah is doing what Elijah is supposed to do, when we're discipling, when we're pursuing people, the roads become level because it's about people. It's, it's about it's the, people. It's about people. And then Jesus shows up and we start to have to do less because Jesus is on the scene. That's <laughs> the point of Elijah, is it ushers in Jesus. We get to a point where we can understand what Peter is saying. 
The sufferings are there to prove the genuineness of your faith. It's for Mm. us to see that we have genuine faith. And when we do this and we walk in this, people get healed because now Jesus is on the scene. The highway is straight. The paths are clear. And we can trust because we can look and see what he is doing. And that is when we'll see signs and miracles. It's because we're doing the very thing that he's asking us to do. Invest in those around us. Invest in people. Invest men, in investing in men is the quote he gave me when I started Journeyman. Men investing in men, right? When we actually invest, discipleship is hard work, right? We we get to clean the fish, right? It's like Peter. He says to the boys when he calls them out of the the boat, right? You're not going to be fisher. You're not going to be fishermen anymore. You're going to be fisher of people. It's about the people, but we still got to clean what we catch, right? And the cleaning part's the hard part. That's why we like just to go on Sunday mornings and our fog machines, and we like to sit there and one guy's on stage, and I don't have to talk. I don't have to be activated. I don't have to do anything. That's why we're so in love with Sunday mornings, which is the exact opposite of what Acts 2 was about and what Jesus was doing in the church. Everyone activated, everybody walking in their gifts everybody full of life and giving life, 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 life. The whole new covenant is life. We're life givers. The whole old covenant was information. And and those people are in a holding place because of their righteousness or their faith. The whole new covenant is about giving our life away, taking up our cross daily, which I loved what you said about that last time, what that actually means. What what did you say about that? Uh, yeah, it's 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 you and Jesus. So when you take up your cross, it's dying to what you think Jesus thinks you ought to be. You get yeah. out of this 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 crap. I love I love. Hear me, whoever's listening to this. There is great teachings. These everybody has denominations, whatever. But stop stop holding to doctrine and hold to Jesus. And all this idolized image of what you think you have to measure up to goes away. It does. You see a man that hangs out with prostitutes. I mean they. The, the judgment of Jesus is you're a friend of tax collectors and prostitutes, a drunkard. This Matthew is, 11, you came yes. drinking and partying and hanging out with tax collectors and prostitutes. And they're judging him for that. And then they're judging John for doing the opposite. And he's like, boys, I'm here. Let's party. What are you doing? Yes. <laughs> yes. Come on. Yeah. So that's the whole point. I mean, we, we, we don't die to our heart because we need our hearts. We need Gary. We need John. We need all you guys. We need everybody. We need your heart because God made it and what God makes is good. And then we get to do this with Jesus. That's even better. And the power of the Holy spirit, you know, somebody's going to quote that stuff. You know, the kingdom of God is not a matter of talking, but it's a power. Okay. So then my, what, 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 this is a really easy way to remember that scripture, right? If you're a stoner, especially four twenty. Yes. First Corinthians four twenty. The, the, the kingdom, the, the say it again. The kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power, power. of of mere talk, but of power. power. Stoners, remember that 420, first Corinthians 420. You got it. All right. That's right. So people are going to say, well, you just said that I'm saying right now you get with people and you start doing some discipleship. You start opening your heart. You start giving affection away. You stop talking about people behind their back. You start literally sitting there. And doing it, and I guarantee you, I, I will actually make a promise to you, you'll start seeing power. I'm starting to see it. I'm watching my sons step into this. I'm watching 
men that I did not think would step into this, step into it because they're getting Jesus. They're, I mean, I'm here. I'm, I'm fallible. I'm, I'm, I'm a guy. I'm a mess up. That's fine. That's what cleaning fish is all about. You're, sometimes you're going to cut off a little too much meat. Sometimes Absolutely. you're, you're going to mess it up a little bit. But I'm going to sit at the table. I'm going to drink a glass of scotch. And I'm watching it. I'm watching my oldest son, Boston, walk into this. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to have a bourbon right now with you. Listen, um, my son, Noah, almost 21, uh, ca calls me a couple days ago. Hey, Pops, calls me all the time with work and, and sells stuff. And and uh, he's like, hey, I have a Bible study, but I need your help. And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm doing a Bible study on Tuesday night for my buddies. I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, well, you know, one of my buddies is an atheist. One of them's a super Southern Baptist. Uh, one of them's never been around any of the church. Another one's this, another one's that. He goes, and you know, we didn't really get that far, but we had a blast and we partied till almost 5 a.m. And I'm like, oh, there's a good church. Uh, not sure if that's, uh, anyway. Um, and I, you know what I said to him? I said, you know what, son, you need, you guys go through Bama. Have them listen to a Bama podcast and then do a discussion group so that you have some kind of foundational thing to talk through. And, and then he said, I want you to come though and pop in and, and kind of help us process. And I said, app, are you kidding me? <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Like we're going to end this podcast and I got to take a quick shower, run and meet a guy whose son's been cutting himself and found a gun in his backpack the other day. And the parents are, don't know what to do. They're a mess tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. I'm meeting a guy at Shields Coffee Shop whose life, his son just took his life and he didn't know who else to call because I've been through that, right? So what, what, what tragedies and pain and suffering have happened to me, I've had to just press into and be transformed by and overcome those. That give, that's the only way I have authority to help others overcome when they go through those things, Right. You're going through a divorce. I can help you with that. I've overcome that. You're going through a, a child dying. Yeah. Okay. I'm in because I, and I, and I'm not, I don't need your, your money. I don't need your, I don't need anything from you. Uh, I do like to see when people are hungry, you know, Lisa and I just did a four podcasts, uh, but we did one on Mexico and what it did to us and had the hunger in those young Gen Z's because they don't have options. They have, you know, they don't have 50 options in front of them. They're not confused. Uh, they just want more of God. And it was such a relief to be in a room like that with hungry people, right? Instead of just mm -hmm. people who are comfortable sitting there getting fed, me, 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 right? And so anyway, I, I, I love how that ties in to how the scripture is so beautiful about how Noah represents Elijah and then Jesus and Moses and how that's all tied. And if we would see it that way, we'd hunger and thirst for righteousness. We'd hunger and thirst for more of the word. And mm -hmm. and it's, it's in the scripture, it's not father, son, Holy Bible. It's father, son, Holy spirit, that, that we are scripture. My, my life in a, in just a little bit at old Chicago over a beer with this guy and his son is I'm going to be scripture. I'm going to be Jesus to this situation, right? I don't have to thump the Bible or tell them to go memorize scripture or fast more or pray more. I get to give them life and life abundantly, right? John 10, 10 says, 
right? And it's pressed oh. down, shaken together, running over. That's the kingdom. Yes. Ephesians is really clear on that, right? And mm. so that's what you're trying to tell us, I think. Yeah, it, in essence, like I'm looking at it and I'm I'm like, Elijah figures this out. You know, he eventually figures this out. We've talked about it. He has the whisper and he goes, you know, there's two, and, and I haven't researched this yet, but I want to research this more because David brought this up in a conversation. You know, the, the word cloak is only used two times up to the story of Elijah. I mean, in his story is the second, the first cloak mentioned in the Bible. And like I said, I need to research this. So fact check me on this is the story in Jericho, Joshua, they have this great victory. And then all of a sudden the, the dude, he steals the stuff. Achan steals the stuff. He steals a cloak. Yeah. So we have a thievery of a cloak and it, it ruins a nation. They, they get obliterated by AI, which is shockingly where we are right now with AI. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> but at the beginning of the Elijah story, if you go back to, to 1 Kings 16, we, we, we talked about it earlier. We have the rebuilding of Jericho. There's a statement that God's talking about the mantle that we're passing. What mantle are you passing? Because when Elijah shows up to Ahab, Ahab accuses Elijah of being the troublemaker. But then Elijah then turns the finger back and says, no, you are the troublemaker. So we have this incidence that we're, we have the spot where both people think that they're right. But God still makes it rain. And yeah. so the whole point about the cloak, it's just fascinating. Anyway, that's that's a whole rabbit trail. But yes, the whole point of it is you go out, you spend some time, the, the guy or the girl that you're spending time with, and who knows what it's supposed to look like. Just spend some time with them. Get get Open your heart. Spend some time with people. See what God's going to do. And lo and behold, Elisha shows up and does double the stuff. He sees the chariot of fire. He sees well, more the than that. Double, double and a half is du the double portion is actually a time and a half. Mm -hmm. So it's even, it's even more than just double uh, yes. is, is what that means. So uh, that's, that's powerful. And I think the cloak, what, what, what I've always found fascinating in that part was it second Kings four. Uh, it's a, it's really a, a description of discipleship. They go to Jericho, they go to Bethel. It's the things we do for discipleship. Um, it's just the process of those four things. When, when Elijah's like, you don't come with me. And Elijah's like, no, I'm coming. And then the prophets are like, don't go with him. And he's like, no, no, shut up. I'm going. And he learned the presence of God. He learned the power of God. He learned all those things by staying in. And then when Elijah gets taken to heaven, my father, my father, right? Elisha cries out, the cloak falls. And what is Elisha's first thing that he has to do? He has to pick up the cloak and then slap the water and parts the water just like Elijah had done because he had to release that double portion anointing in order to have it. So if you're sitting around waiting to get rescued off this planet and you're sitting around hoarding your money and you're sitting around full of fear and all you're doing is a Sunday morning or something, um, you, you are not giving your authority away you're not giving we don't ever obtain authority we're always distributing authority yes right and if i'm not distributing authority i'm bored and i'm bored because i'm boring right and if you're unhappy or depressed or full of anxiety or you're looking at porn all day all those things can be fixed by doing one thing get out and give your life away it'll shift it instantly Yes. It, it, and you got to get your focus off of you and my salvation. 
It's not, first of all, the gospel is not about getting everybody saved. The gospel is about a king and a kingdom, mm-hmm. right? And, and salvation isn't an individual thing. It's a corporate thing. We're saved together, right? The eight that were left behind were saved together in the ark, in the boat, right? And then they reproduced. Uh, Shem, Ham, and Japheth had 70 children that reproduced the whole earth and filled the whole earth in God's glory by going and building uh, the Tower of Babel. And God goes, oh, crap, they're getting they're getting really smart here. Let's spread them across the earth, right? And then when Jesus says in Matthew 24, what does he say about uh, going to all the world? That's not the world as planet. That word actually means the encompassed world, like where people are. Because all he cares about is people and getting his family back. So go into all the world and preach the gospel, the good news that there's a king and a kingdom. And and let's make disciples. That's what changes the planet. Yes. The encompassed planet. And guys, and it, it that's is good it, crap, man. That is just dude, good it's crap. it's good crap. I mean, it's like <laughs> it's I, I got the lucky joy of and I'm gonna throw this Nathaniel Enos came down and stayed at my house for eight, no, nine days. He stayed in my house for nine days. He did food with us, he did chores with us, he bounced around town with me. I had to go to work and he he stayed here and then he came up and visited me. My point of bringing this up is this like take a chance. Take Disciple a chance. somebody, bring them in. Don't change your life. Bring them into your life. If you love Jesus, bring them in. This is the part we bring in, and then we go out, and then we, t- we take them out. This is what Jesus said. He brought the disciples in, and then he sent them out two by two because you need a witness. Don't send these kiddos by themselves. Don't disciple just one. Do two. Do two so that there is a witness. Whenever the Lord speaks, there's always a witness to it. And I'm going to say this on a side note. If God is speaking to you one-on-one and you're wondering about it, bring it up to a mentor, but it's probably between you and him. But if he speaks something with more than one person in there, then it's powerful, okay? Absolutely. There's a witness to this. But remember that Jesus sent him out two by two. So if you're discipling, do two people at a time. It helps. You're Noah, he's doing three dudes. He's hanging out. There's four of them. Let's let's figure out what Jesus, because well, that And again, that's four. how it produces time and a half. That's how if we just discipled one person and taught you how to do that, and you discipled two, and we just kept doing that one time a year, If I disciple one person for a year, taught that person to disciple two people the next year, they taught those people how to disciple two more people the next. In 30 years, everyone on the planet's discipled. Yes. Instead of running around trying to get everybody saved off this horrible place, and, and because of all this horrible stuff that's coming, it's ridiculous. It is just an, an unbelievable thing. So good, bro. I love it, man. I love processing. Let's do it. (laughs) all right guys hey uh if you're not giving to journeyman yet make sure you start if it's five bucks a month ten bucks a month your monthly donations are huge for us um we really are i was sitting with uh, lonnie dyer who i started this thing with he's our chairman uh last night and we were just dreaming again he just resigned from focus on the family as their senior director of marketing and we were sitting there going we can do we can dream what journeyman, what, what was supposed to be or what's it going to turn into. And we could literally see like 300 young men on a campus learning how to change tires, change oil, 
learning how to play poker, learning how to play golf properly, learning what a good, how to taste scotch well and really appreciate it. Learning, no, learning how to say when it's enough, yeah. right? And just this discipleship of hundreds of young men for a six month intensive, right? I mean, come on, how big can you dream? And, and I'll say this, guys, I'm so tired and I'm done bootstrapping. I'm just done bootstrapping. You know, I, I, I'm just not going to bootstrap a ministry again. And, and so, or a nonprofit, I'm not going to build a ministry. I'm going to build young men and I, and God needs to show up with millions of dollars so that we can actually see the whole earth covered in his glory. So uh, go to, go to mandate456.org, hit that donate button for monthly or for one time, Um, join us in this thing, make sure you're joining the community. Um, again, we just posted that course from Ted Hansen and it's intense. Even it is good. Credited. It's, it's, good. and I would suggest listening, not watching the videos. The videos are a little cheesy. I uh, just listen to the MP3 and go through it and get the workbooks and download them um, because you can go through it really, really well. And then you can reach out to Ted if you want accreditation on it and do it different. I'm going to be, we're going to be posting courses like that consistently doing our own doing some lies. I just need to build the community up a little bit. People are having a hard time leaving the old Mighty Networks app and jumping over, but uh, make sure you jump over with us. Any last words, Johnny? Uh, yes, peace, brothers and peace. sisters. Peace. Peace in the name of Jesus Christ, peace our Lord. in the name of Jesus. Ah, all right, guys. Love you, man.